Hey guys, welcome back to Box Office Brunch. We're your hosts. I'm David. And I'm Rita. And today we're talking about Scrooged. <laughs> Never seen this movie before. This was one of the Christmas classics that I was raised on. I was surprised to find out that it was not very successful. <laughs> it was like moderately successful. Also, just leave it to David to choose a Christmas movie <laughs> with ghosts in it. <laughs> well. We can't all pick the Grinch, so. (laughs) So today we got donuts. I forget what this place, Parlor Donuts, Mm -hmm. is that right? We got some donuts from this place Rita's been trying to get us to go to forever. They were really good. Yeah, we got a bunch of different flavors. So they they specialize in layered donuts, which I think is just a cronut. Yeah, so they're like flaky and stuff, and they don't have a hole in the middle. Yeah, so they we tried French toast, bourbon caramel cookies and cream a white christmas one which was just white white chocolate chocolate, and then a blueberry one white chocolate and sprinkles yeah i fall for gimmicky marketing like that (laughs) especially around christmas or like halloween like if it had halloween sprinkles on it i'd buy it even though it's probably just a plain donut with halloween sprinkles yeah like dunkin donuts has one that's by the way guys i'm a donut connoisseur i love donuts (laughs) that's my favorite breakfast food but they have this one donut that's a spider donut so it's literally just one of their orange glazed donuts and then they put a little like chocolate, chocolate on donut it. hole in the middle and then they just put they just draw with chocolate sauce little legs and put eyes on it and you're like oh my god my favorite yeah, i'm like take my money <laughs> i'll take your whole stock <laughs> so yeah they're they're really good and then we have some coffee yeah but and french toast is actually my favorite breakfast food and it was my favorite of the donuts as well. I don't think we've ever talked about what our favorite breakfast food is. We just talked about what our favorite movies are. Yeah. I think I, we might have meant, I might have mentioned it when we got French toast from IHOP. Ugh, yuck. French toast is my favorite breakfast food, but not from IHOP. No, thank you. Not from International ha- House of Pancakes. Yeah, or the International House of Burgers, as they went by for like a year. <laughs> Zach, yesterday. It was a phase. My mom wants to go to IHOP today and... Zach's like, why? Why? <laughs> I go, she likes pancakes. And he goes, but their pancakes are like rubber. <laughs> He's all dissing They're probably them. frozen. And then we went into Einstein's because that's where we got our coffee from today. Mm-hmm. And I was paying for the coffees and I literally watched the guy take all of the breakfast items for the bagel from a warmer, you know? And I go, so you're calling IHOP fake, but then... You love Einstein's, and this guy literally just pulled the stuff out of the warmer, and he goes, "That makes me really sad." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he thought they were doing, like the back there frying, frying the egg. eggs fresh. Yeah, no, <laughs> on their little griddle. That breakfast sandwich we got from Einstein's at one time, even though they put that jalapeno schmear on it, was really good. Yeah, I still think about it sometimes. <laughs> it keeps me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get your shit. Let's go. I know him. Son of a nutcracker. Welcome, Christmas. 
bring your cheer. What are the facts? All right. So this movie was released November 23rd, 1988, with a budget of $32 million. It made $18.6 million in the opening weekend and $100.3 million overall. The competition that I found, nothing really came out the weekend that it was released, but The Land Before Time and Oliver and Company were both in their second week in theaters, and so those were the only thing that... I love Oliver and Company. I don't know that I've seen that movie Why since I was I kids. Worry? Why should since I Since I was kids? What? <laughs> David has multiple personalities. I think I meant to say since we were kids, but... That's not what I said, so sorry. Sorry. So as far as the synopsis goes, this movie's essentially like a modern retelling of A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. I looked it up, and apparently the term Scrooged means to go through the same experience as Scrooge in A Christmas Carol, which is exactly what we see happen in this one. Yeah. So the synopsis I found was, A selfish and cynical television executive is haunted by three spirits bearing lessons on Christmas Eve. So, A Christmas Carol. Yeah, A Christmas Carol. This was my first time watching this film. David has watched it regularly in his family. Yeah, it's probably my favorite, my dad's favorite Christmas movie. So, you guys will probably watch it when you go out there for Christmas. Absolutely. And my dad cracks up during (laughs) the Ghost of Christmas present every single time. She's really funny. Yeah. That was my favorite probably section of the film yeah it's the most entertaining for me it's a lot of like slapstick humor and stuff but it's so funny well i admit at first i was kind of like she's fucking annoying yeah. and then as it progresses I'm like she's fucking hilarious because <laughs> yeah. she's the one who kind of calls him on his shit yeah like really calls him on his shit they all do but she's the one who's like Mm-mm, yeah we're, we're not letting this slide so i watched it last night mm-hmm. after experiencing meow wolf in Denver. Mm, and so, so this was probably a lot to follow up. Yeah, Wolf. That's why I texted I texted David last time. I was like, I'm confused. <laughs> because <laughs> I was just I think in the beginning because You the, said I'm confused and I said how it's a Christmas carol and you said, Oh, it makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> because I think in the beginning it's a lot of uh just showing the production company yeah. that he works for or whatever. Yeah, it's th- basically establishing that he's the fucking worst. Yeah, and it's just a lot of business stuff and so at first you're kind of like because they show you know the scene of santa claus in the beginning yeah 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 and i just got really confused by it i was like wait i thought that this was something different i can see so so the opening scene is literally a preview for a christmas movie that they're going to be airing on their tv channel or whatever and it's basically rambo or something (laughs) but christmas and I forget, I forget the name of the guy. He had some like super action hero name or yeah. whatever. And he's saving Santa's workshop. Yeah. So it starts like that. And I'm like, what the f- is this? Yeah. It just, it was very, that's why I was confused. And then when gotcha. it actually showed Bill Murray like talking and stuff and it showed that the beginning of, you know, what he, who he is, then I caught up. Right. Because, right. yeah, I was like, I thought this was a Christmas carol. I watched the trailer before I rented it just so I could get an idea. And, you know, they show the clip with the taxi yeah. and the old woman and stuff. So I was like, what? How does that go to this? Yeah. But, yeah, anyways, I watched it last night, but I don't think I remember the sequence of events. And I was telling David that. I said, you're going to have to walk me. And he goes, it's the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, <laughs> and the ghost of Christmas future. And I'm like, okay, I know that, but I don't remember like 
some of the scenes, the order of scenes. I remember the scenes, though. Yeah. So it essentially opens up with they're pitching their like holiday lineup or commercials, something like that. And Frank Cross is the main character. He's played by Bill Murray. And he's in a boardroom watching all of these presentations. And then he's like, oh, yeah, but what about this? I need he's like, I need them to be scared that they're going to miss it. And so he pitches his idea for the commercial. And it's literally like domestic terrorism, drugs, (laughs) like random violence. It's like somebody getting shot on a highway, like all these horrible things. And he's like, tune in for Scrooge. (laughs) (laughs) One of the lines is like, your life might just depend on it. Yeah, and he's really loud. And so I I was watching it last night and I was like, God, why is he so fucking loud? He's just way too loud. And then I read a fact, which I can share, is that (laughs) Bill Murray and the director, Richard Donner, did not enjoy working together. Mm. It was, there was a lot of tension on set. And when asked by film critic Roger Ebert if he had any disagreements with Donner, Murray replied, only a few every single minute of the day. That could have been a really, really great movie. The script was so good. There's maybe one take in the final cut of the movie that is mine. We made it so fast. It was like doing a movie live. He kept telling me to do things louder, louder, louder. I think he was deaf. So I felt I like I softened towards the loudness because I just I felt like Bill Murray was super obnoxious in this film yeah yeah and then that just made sense for me that he was kind of this wasn't because i love bill murray i think he's a really good actor and i think i could sense in this film that he it wasn't his traditional acting style yeah i read a quote from the director actually that accompanies this one so the fact that i have was that bill murray ad-libbed most of his lines which yeah, that's that was a very common thing of the time when you have a like a big comedian. I think even now, comedians like we were like talking, yeah, we were talking about Crazy Rich Asians. A lot of the lines were ad libbed by Aquafina. So, and that was actually like not to get into a different movie, which we can talk about. But Four Christmases, yeah, with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn's obviously a comedian, and so he really wanted to ad lib a lot of the stuff. And there are rumors that he and Reese Witherspoon didn't get along because she didn't want to ad lib. Right. She wanted to just stick to her script. And he was like, this is a comedy film. We're supposed to. Right. I mean, he's a comedian. And right. She's not. She's more of like a traditional actress. Yeah. So I think there was tension there. So a lot of comedians do like to ad lib their own lines. And yeah. sometimes that makes it way funnier. Yeah. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, when you've got like established comedians, it's a super common thing for ad-libbing I guess but anyways the quote was that he ad-libbed most of his lines in a 1988 interview with the Philadelphia Daily News Richard Donner discussed Murray's penchant for improvisation and described the experience of directing Murray as follows it's like standing on 42nd Street and Broadway and the lights are all out and you're the traffic cop I guess that's like a New York thing but it sounds like it was very chaotic trying to rein him in is what he's trying to say yeah, and they were filming this during the month of December, like yeah. during the winter. And so I read something that said that it began filming began in December and Christmas was approaching. And so the director had asked if the staff could take Christmas off, which is funny because the film, he's making everybody work Christmas. But oh, yeah. the executives 
put a kibosh on it and said, no, everybody has to work Christmas. So he, the director did a workaround by firing everybody on Christmas Eve and then rehiring everybody the day after Christmas. Oh, so that wow. they could get Christmas off. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So I guess he wasn't a Scrooge about it. But anyways, back to the story. Yeah. So he pitches this idea for this really horrible advertisement. And because he's the president of the television station, he basically is like my way or the highway. And as they're all leaving, one of the other people, I don't know exactly what his role is, but Elliot Loudermilk is his name played by Bobcat Goldthwaite. Is, his is name? he the voice of pain or panic in, I think? Yeah. In, in Hercules? Hercules? Yeah. Just yeah. his voice is very distinct. very distinct, yes. Yeah. yeah. So he mentions, he was like, um, I think that maybe this isn't the best idea to put out on there. And Frank's like, well, it's kind of late to get this kind of feedback. And he's like, well, that's because we just saw it like five seconds ago. And he's like, well, if I can change it, I'll let you know. And he's like, thank you, sir. All right, have a, have a Merry Christmas. And he starts walking away. And Frank immediately goes to his secretary, secretary or assistant, Grace, who's played by Alfrey Woodard, and goes like, who's that man? We need to fire him right now. <laughs> and she's like, but sir, it's Christmas. She's, he's like, oh, thank God. Don't forget to cancel his bonus. <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. And then, yeah. it... and then she calls and she, she calls it a code nine. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like this is not the first time, essentially. He fires people for questioning him at right, all. Right. And yeah, I felt so bad for Elliot in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like having the worst day ever. The worst day ever. So he gets fired and kicked out. And then Frank's going through his Christmas list and giving people, like, sending people gifts. And basically, everybody's getting like a bath towel. <laughs> That's monogrammed with the company's logo, right? And then like some people are getting a VHS. The people who make the decisions about his job. Right. Frank also finds out, yeah, his boss comes in and his boss is trying to push this agenda about dogs and cats being viewers. (laughs) And so they need to have like more stuff in the shows for the dogs and the cats (laughs) because they watch TV apparently. And it's really fucking stupid. And we also find out at this point that Frank's boss is bringing somebody else in to help him, but he has it like his eyes on Frank's job. Yeah, Bryce. Bryce Raylander? No, Bryce Cummings, played by John Glover. Yeah. And so this is when he this is when he finds out that he ha- he has to work late, so he runs over to Grace. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, we have. She's like, I gotta go take my son to the doctors, and he's like. No, no, he, we're working late. Yeah, he's and, like, if I work late, you work late. If you can't work late, I, I can't, can't work late. late. And if I can't work late, I, I can't, can't work late. <laughs> and she's like, I made this appointment two months ago. And he's like, I care. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then when his boss got on the elevator, I thought this was really interesting. And he's like, man, if only I could fire him. Yeah. So it's like, he just doesn't like anybody to question him in any, even people above him. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> I like the part when he's like running over to Grace and he grabs the like some random girl and he's like, here, slam this door really loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Grace puts up with him, though. I mean, yeah. you you find out later kind of what she's got going on. And yeah. Why she puts up with it. Yeah. So 
we kind of get like a little montage of Frank just being the worst. Like he goes to this like awards ceremony and wins an award and gives some super dumb speech about how he'll treasure this forever. And then he leaves Leaves the awards. Taxi cab. Yeah. He's he sees an old woman getting a taxi and he goes up to her and says, you dropped something back there and he right. steals her taxi from her and then flips her off. Yeah. And he's just a piece he's of mean shit. to the like security in the building and stuff. He's just comically awful. to yeah. People. Yeah. I mean, it's really bad. <laughs> right. While this is happening, we also see Elliot. He's like drinking. He's been <laughs> he's left by his drink. wife. Yeah. He's, he's trying getting, to like, drink. splashed by a taxi drops his drink and it shatters everywhere and he's just having like a really bad day he's falling apart yeah he's having the worst day and then elliot go or elliot sorry then frank goes back to his office pours a drink and he gets visited by the ghost of his old boss the ghost of christmas past and it's really funny the ghost of christmas past or whatever it's just the ghost of his old oh to warn him yeah that warns him about the the ghosts that are coming for him and he looks like a zombie. I mean, he looks. Yeah. He's trying to warn him to not go the, down the same path he did because apparently it sounds like his former boss was similar. Right. And he died alone. And he says he died on the golf course. Yeah. Like, he had a heart attack and. Nobody cared. Right. That was his. Everything that he had done in life didn't matter. Yeah. And Frank's like, but you're a legend. You know, he's like saying like, you you were the best. Like people looked up to you and all that stuff. And. It, there's a part two where he's trying to sh- before he recognizes that it's his boss he tries to shoot him yeah his well he recognizes that it's his boss and then he is his boss is like i'm gonna pour myself a drink and when he's pouring himself a drink frank grabs a gun and starts shooting <laughs> but he starts narrating his shooting yeah he's like bango bango blah blam blah blam <laughs> and his boss is lou hayward played by john forsyth forgot to mention that i know zach asked me who is that actor and i'm like i can't tell do you see the makeup i don't know who that is yeah i also like that quote from where he's like you're a hallucination brought on by alcohol russian vodka poisoned by chernobyl (laughs) (laughs) and he's like trying to yell for grace like guys guys right but he's alone so yeah it leads to his boss telling him he's going to be visited by three ghosts Mm -hmm. tonight and I don't know what leads to it, but he scares the shit out of him. Like he grabs him and like pushes him out of the window and is like holding him over the the traffic below because mm-hmm. he's in a very high rise building. Mm-hmm. And then this part's pretty graphic. Where his arm comes off. His arm literally is like, but it doesn't just come off. It's cracking and breaking and all these yeah. spots. And then it's like paper mache. Yeah, and it breaks and then he wakes. He think- yeah, he thinks he's falling and then he wakes up and he's on his desk. And he thinks he's had a dream. Right. Just a bad nightmare. But then he sees that the phone dials itself and calls... Claire. Claire. His... Ex-girlfriend? Ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Played by Karen Allen. Many of you would know from Indiana Jones. And he frantically leaves her a message and tells her something terrible has happened. Right. And he's trying to leave his number and it cuts him off. And he's like, damn it. And then he goes to take a drink. And earlier in the scene with his boss... He has like a hole in his head. And so out of the hole pops a golf ball and then a mouse. Mm -hmm. And so when Frank goes to take his drink after he's woken up, a golf ball goes in his mouth. (laughs) And it's like. Just like a little thing that always made me laugh was when he drops the golf ball and and it just like keeps bouncing at the same height. And he's (laughs) like taunting him. Yeah. 
so that's the that's the basically opening right half of part of the movie yeah so then we go frank goes to where the rehearsals so essentially this whole thing is taking place around a production of a christmas carol that's going to be done live that's like their big gimmick this year is that they're going to have a live production of a christmas carol with like some oh i forget what they're called those the dancers they had a name but i forgot what they're called and then mary lou retton is going to play tiny tim who was a very popular gymnast at the time which means that everybody has to work on christmas right and he's asked by somebody i can't remember who asks him if he hates christmas and he goes no i his, love it his brother yeah he's like i oh, love that's it that's right right when he before all of this stuff happens this is right before the montage where we find out how terrible he is. His brother comes to meet him and they are walking down the street and he's like just being terrible and talking about how he doesn't like Christmas. And his brother's like, oh, you don't like Christmas. He's like, are you kidding me? I love Christmas. Everybody sits at home and watches TV. So he's right. just saying it makes me a lot of money because people have nothing better to do. Right. And so it's the best night of the year. And so, yeah, he's making everybody work on Christmas mm -hmm. to put on this live production including grace she has to be there right and yeah he shows up to the studio and they're the who is it the there's director like, there's like all kinds of things going on but that the he's woman to is she like the director no she's like a safety okay or like a i forget what her her role is but there's like a woman there and he goes up to look at the production and she goes i can't allow this her nipples are showing <laughs> and he goes you can't see her nipples and she's like you can see her nipples and the one one of the lines that was ad-libbed was that guy that's like, you can hardly see them nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's you like, can. He's like, you could see her nipples. He's like, uh, Charles Dickens would have wanted to see her nipples. <laughs> yeah, it's actually an uncomfortable scene. I don't think it aged well, you know, yeah. in terms of just the way women are treated in this film wouldn't be kosher in today's standards for sure. I mean, it's... You're going to get me canceled for no. suggesting this movie no 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 i mean it, there's a lot of nostalgic films that just would not pass yeah for today's standards you know so given the timeline it came out but yeah so this woman's going into it with him and then she gets knocked out oh she's like a censor like she's oh. there to say like what's not oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. kosher yeah so this and you see this woman's nipples like i didn't think they were going to show them but you actually do see her nipples <laughs> not like her whole nipple you no, see but you see them yeah i didn't expect to see them at all i thought this lady <laughs> was just overreacting but then i was like oh damn i see a nipple yeah so i wonder if they were actually her nipples or if they were if it was just like i bet you they were you think so yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> wonder how many times we said nipples <laughs> have to edit take some a shot every time we say nipples <laughs> <laughs> so yeah she's there and she's trying to do all of this stuff and there's a guy trying to get like antlers on a mouse because well Claire Frank... shows up right so because that's when Claire sh right, shows right, up right. and the guy interrupts but Claire shows up at on the set and she says she got his message and she's sorry she didn't hear it until you know the next day right and, and he blames it on like food poisoning yeah he and she says well she calls him lumpy mm -hmm. and she says I know I know that voice that I heard and you were distressed, Lumpy. And so then the guy comes up with the mouse and goes, hey, Lumpy. And he goes, you know, people around here call me Mr. Cross. Cross. And he goes, I'm sorry. He's like, but I can't get these antlers. I've tried everything. And he goes, have you tried stapling them? 
And he's like stapling, and Claire's like, "Don't you dare staple antlers on that little mouse." And he's like, "I'd never do a thing to hurt this little guy." Yeah, and so she just. And the mice are there because Frank's boss wanted mice for the cats. Because <laughs> <laughs> the cat's really going to sit there and be like, ooh, mice. Yeah. <laughs> but the lady gets knocked out before that happens. How does she mm-hmm. get knocked out again? Like a guy carrying a like something that they're constructing the set with. Yeah. And so the safety lady gets knocked out. And so mm-hmm. she's laying on the ground kind of with a concussion. And so apparently <laughs> in the middle of all this, because the guy takes off with the mouse and then the women are dancing right. in the background. They're rehearsing. And he literally grabs her head and goes, can I move her head? And the medic's like, not really. And he like moves her head and he goes, is that good? Okay, we're good. We're good. And right. he just does not give a shit about anybody. Right. Honestly, I want to punch him. Like, I'm surprised Claire was as patient with him as she was. Because honestly. Because she's basically a saint. Seriously. So then he goes to dinner or lunch or something. He goes to lunch because it's it's noon with his boss and then the new guy Bryce Bryce and you can see Frank's like trying to suck up to his boss and stuff by ordering the same drink as him and then his boss starts polishing his silverware and Frank starts polishing his silverware and basically he's just like schmoozing as much as he can but then the clock strikes noon. And that's when he was told that he would be visited by the first ghost. And so he starts getting yeah, he starts super sus- suspicious of everyone. And I love Like that. the waiter comes up and he's like, is that you? He's like, um, are you him? Are you him? Are you him? And the waiter's like, are you he? <laughs> and then he gets him a drink and Frank's like hallucinating. So he sees like an eyeball in his glass. And he starts screaming and, he starts and he's screaming. like, and then he starts like looking at the glass and looking at his boss and like looking at the glass to like yeah. urge his boss to look in the glass and his boss is looking at him like he's fine. And then he sees somebody catch fire. Yeah. And yeah, he's just having all, so then he gets he... up to like run out. And like splashes water on the, the waiter who yeah. wasn't actually on fire. He just thought he was. And then did you know the scene where he falls, falls was not scripted? Yeah, and he it was actually be- did fall. It was because the stairs were still wet from when he splashed the waiter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he falls and Bill Murray actually did fall. Yeah. You actually see the server react like yeah. Like break character because of the fall. <laughs> yeah. So then he goes outside and he hails a cab and gets in the cab and this is where we meet the first ghost. And we're back. So he jumps in the cab and the taxi driver like speeds off, like whipping around and running. Going crazy. Like running on the sidewalk and stuff. And this is where he finds out that this is the ghost of Christmas past. And they are played by David Johansson. And he looks like a gremlin. (laughs) You're right. His teeth are all messed up. He's like chain smoking cigars. He's got like elf ears or something i don't know what that's all about i mean i guess it kind of makes sense considering what the other ghosts look like i guess he's supposed to be like a christmas elf yeah but he looks like a christmas elf of my nightmares right and so he takes him back in time to see frank's childhood and this is the first one that we see and he basically starts talking about how like frank's gonna start crying and he's like i'm not gonna cry he's like yeah that's what so-and-so said but then when he saw his mom niagara falls (laughs) (laughs) so 
Frank is as a little kid is sitting in front of the television watching a show and he's right. flipping through the channels and watching it and his mom's pregnant and mm-hmm. she's smoking a cigarette sitting in her chair and his dad walks in and says, you know, Merry Christmas. He hands Frank a present and he goes, Package. oh, is this... It's like a choo-choo. Is it the choo-choo I asked Santa for? And he goes, no, it's veal. Yeah, it's six pounds of veal. And he's like, but I wanted a choo-choo. And he goes, well, then you can get a job yeah. and you can get your own. And his mom's like, it's Christmas. Like, don't be like that with him. And he's like, well, he needs to learn that not everything's handed to him on a silver yeah, platter. Everybody's got excuses. Like, I'm only four. Yeah, because his mom's <laughs> like, he's only four. And he goes, everyone's got excuses. Yeah, his mom gets up and goes, I'm going out. And she looks at him and she's like, don't sit so close to the TV, baby. Like, you're ruin your eyesight. He's like, okay, mommy, Merry Christmas. And then she's like, Merry Christmas, Frankie Angel. And then she walks out. Is it like, is it hinting that she just like left? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Okay. Like, so she just doesn't come back. Oh, that's not. Okay. Well, I mean, she didn't have his brother yet. So, well, so she then Frank starts crying. The, the ghost of Christmas Fest is like Niagara Falls. <laughs> yeah. So fun fact is that all of Bill Murray's acting brothers actually were in this movie. So his brother John plays his on-screen brother in this movie. His brother Joel plays one of the guests at John's party later on in the movie. And then his brother Brian plays his dad in this scene. Whoa. Yeah. Family so, affair. Yeah. So just nepotism at its finest i guess because also the ghost of christmas past is one of bill murray's friends and that's why he got the job it's like adam sandler yeah <laughs> like just wanting to make movies with, with his best all friends. his friends and wants to play that he's dating or married to a super hot chick yeah it's the most unrealistic part of any of his movies why because in like grown-ups he's married to selma hayek and in click he's married to like kate beckinsale Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to do that, why not? <laughs> I agree. They're all married to super hot people and grownups. Yeah, that's kind of like <laughs> the shtick in that movie. <laughs> I watched that not too long ago when I was in Arizona. It was on. I've and only seen grownups. Pretty... I've never seen the second one or the. I never saw the second one either, but it was surprisingly good for an Adam Sandler movie <laughs> with all of those people in it. I just think some parts are ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. But especially the part with uh, Rob Schneider and oh, his yeah. wife. I don't think he's funny at all. He's funny in like the hot chick. And I liked him in Fifty First Dates. Oh, yeah. I he was like funny. I like him in Fifty First Dates. <laughs> I like some Adam Sandler movies, but not a lot. I think that kind of humor is... I don't know if you've noticed, but that kind of humor isn't funny anymore. You. So they, I, Nowadays, they're into what we call cringe humor. Mm, I don't want to talk about cringe makes me uncomfortable. I think that's the point. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Is that's it all started with the office. Like that cringy, just awkward where you get secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. Versus I, like just a straight up ridiculous yeah, outlandish I mean, shit that humor goes in like comes in waves where it's like all of the actors and actresses who are doing like slapstick will like popular at the same time but i think that in general with comedians they tend to just fall out of favor over time because usually they get known for like one thing or one type of humor and then eventually it just gets old because that's what they just do every single time yeah like i used to think that 
Melissa McCarthy was so funny. And then now it's just like, I'm the fat chick and I fall over myself and I hit myself and all of that kind of stuff. And she just does that a lot. Yeah, but I do still think she's hilarious in all her films. I think she's really funny in a lot of stuff, but I'm kind of like the one where she steals what's his face is identity. That one's really funny. Isn't it identity thief? Probably. But where they're like in the car and she's singing all the songs and he keeps changing the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get back to our movie. So after we after they leave his house when he's a child, they cut to an office party when he's older where we see that there's an office party, there's a Christmas party going on around him, and he's still working. His boss even stops him and goes, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a Christmas party happening around here. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to finish up these last few things. Yeah, and then he finishes up the last few things and then leaves. Yeah. And this is where he runs into Claire for the first time. She hits him in the face with the door as she's exiting. Right. With like a sandwich or something. Something, and he falls down. And hits his head on the sidewalk. Gets a he, lump on his head. Yeah. He gets up and she had dropped something. So they go down to pick it up and they hit their heads together. And so all of these together is why she started calling him lumpy. And they kind of hit it off and decide to go on a date. And then we cut to them later on when they're at their apartment. Like they were living exchanging together. Christmas presents. Exchanging Christmas presents. And he gives her like some knives like they're those knives that were really popular that could like cut through a tin can oh i forget what they called jinsu knives or something like that mm-hmm. and then she gives him the, the kama, kama sutra, sutra. <laughs> and he's like explaining to the ghost of christmas house like i didn't need that yeah <laughs> like and they're reading through it and he's like did that did that did that <laughs> <laughs> and then of course things get spicy well i like i like the quote where he's like I've never trusted a woman enough to give her 12 knives. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even blip, though. Yeah. She just continues with giving him. And so it cuts away from that, and then it cuts to a scene where he's playing a dog on a TV show for, like, kids. Right, the Frisbee show. Yeah, and when he finishes up, his boss invites him and Claire to dinner mm-hmm. that night. Mm-hmm. And Claire meets him and says, are you ready to go? And he's like, my boss just invited me to dinner. And she's like, we already have plans with our friends. Like, we made this. Right. It's Christmas Eve. Like, And we made these plans a long time ago. And he, he's like, we can get dinner with them next week. But she's like, "It's, but it's Christmas Eve. Like, it only happens once a year. And they're our best friends. And so you can see that he's prioritizing his career and Claire's not happy about it. And so she mentions like maybe we should take a break and they break up yeah and then this is when we go back to present day the ghost of christmas past leaves him and i forget how he gets back oh well and my favorite part well so this is when back in present day frank decides to go see claire because when she had seen him last time she gave him a business card for this like homeless shelter that she works at and she said i'm barely ever home so he goes to the homeless shelter and he's like all distraught after this whole experience in the past. And he runs into some homeless people that think that he's somebody else. Yeah. And he's like <laughs> answering like, their questions. Yeah. Too. It's really funny. He's like, why do you keep calling me Dick? <laughs> like you're uh, you're so and so. They think he's like a director or something. But anyways, he sees Claire 
and he's like i've changed like we should go we should get out of here like we should go get some food or something and she's like yeah okay let's do it but then there's like certain there's things that are coming up like some of the other volunteers are coming up and being like oh we don't have any fuses we don't have this and he's like they can they can manage it and she's like no i need to help like i'm in charge here i should yeah he's like you should fire them they're incompetent but she's like i can't fire them they're volunteers yeah so he's obviously he had yeah yeah he had like a moment (laughs) (laughs) where he was changed and then he goes straight back to his own self or old self and then he leaves and he leaves her with the the one-liner if you want to save somebody save yourself scrape them off is what he says yeah Mm. ew yeah so then he's visited by the ghost of christmas present which this is is, my favorite this is my favorite sequence in the movie by carol kane carol kane who you might know from the princess bride i'm not a witch i'm your wife i'm not a witch i'm your wife oh she was the grandmother in adam's family Mm -hmm. the newer movies she's hilarious though so she's like this fairy and she like comes in and immediately kicks him in the balls <laughs> and he's like why did you do that she's like well sometimes life need, uh, needs to slap you in the face and he's like yeah but you kicked me in the balls <laughs> <laughs> she also carol kane i read a fun fact that she, carol kane hated that she had to rough him up <laughs> she didn't she was uncomfortable with it she didn't seem uncomfortable oh yeah no, no she's hilarious because then she's like, all right, let's go. Close your eyes. And it's like, no peeking. And she like pokes, pokes him, him in the, the eyes. eyes. And then he closes his eyes and she uh, punches him. And he falls onto the stoop outside. Of Grace's apartment. Of Grace's apartment. And you see Grace has four kids. Right. And they're, she's sitting with her mom and they're talking about, I, I don't know. Like the kids are kind of like in the living room, I think. Mm-hmm. And Grace just got home from the doctor with her youngest son. Yeah, and the mom asks her Grace's mom asks what they said and she's like, They just said that He's not talking. He's not talking, which I could have told you that. Right. I didn't need to pay a doctor's bill to find out that my son's not talking. I know that. And so then Frank is talking to the ghost of Christmas present and he says What's wrong with him? And yeah. she said, "Cause he there's like a puzzle that the older kids weren't able to solve, and then he's able to solve it." So Frank's like, "Oh, he's really smart." Like, what's wrong? What's with wrong him? with him? And she's like, "He stopped talking after he witnessed Grace's his father's murder." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "I didn't realize Grace's husband died." And she's like, "You don't remember? She wore black for an entire year." He goes, "I, I noticed she wore thing. black, but I thought that was like a fashion thing." Yeah. And then she, <laughs> and yeah, and then they're like. You see that even though they're poor, there there's like so much love in the house. Like yeah, they're, they're goofing off with tickling each other. each other and like having a good time. And even the the ghost of Christmas present is like, but so poor. He's like, I I think maybe she is up for a raise. Starts beating him up, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, maybe. And she's He's like, like oh, almost definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, this is when we cut to. She punches him again, and he falls down some stairs. And he's at his brother's. His brother has gotten together with his wife and some friends yeah. for a little Christmas dinner, and they're playing a trivia game, and his brother's asked a question about 
before the Gilligan's Island question, there's another question that they ask, but his brother gets it wrong. And yeah. Frank's like, come on, like everybody knows that, you know. And he's, oh, there's something about the Adams family, actually. Yeah. Oh, what he Lurch. plays, like a what instrument Lurch plays, and yeah. it's a harpsichord. Yeah. And Frank's like, everybody knows that. And so then they start talking about presents, and he, his wife says, open the present from your brother. And he opens it, and it's a VCR. And even though earlier in the movie he had told Grace to send him the towel and i think grace did that on purpose she yeah sent him the vcr because it's his brother yeah because even when he's like towel she's like your only brother so she yeah. she has like a soft spot and even his brother's wife is like this must be a mistake yeah because last year what did he send you and he's like a shower curtain it was a beautiful shower curtain and his brother's defending him right even you know he's like he's my brother like i love him at the end of the day and all that stuff she goes but he's selfish and they start you know getting on right they talk talk about how like even though he never accepts the invite for christmas his wife's like well when are you gonna stop inviting him he never comes and he's like never he's my brother yeah so you can see that like even though he's the fucking worst his brother still loves him and gives him the benefit of the doubt and defends him Yep, and then they ask him another question about Gilligan's Island, which he doesn't what know. What was the name of the boat that took them all to Gilligan's Island? And Frank knows it, and Frank's like, come on, like, you know it. And that's when the Ghost of Christmas Rose is like, time to go. And he's like, no, everybody knows this question, and he wants to stay to, like, <laughs> like figure it out. The part where they ask what his brother got for him, and she, like, plugs his ears and starts singing. And she's like, I know something you don't know. <laughs> yeah. she's like, but he got him, like, a frame that he handmade of the two of them. Yeah. He handmade the frame for the picture. But yeah, then she starts hitting him and he hits her back. He's yeah. like, I'm not ready to go. He's like, I'm like, not ready to go. I know this one. And she's like, everybody knows this one, Frank. He's <laughs> like, let's stop fighting, Frank. We're fighting again. And she headbutts him. And then he's like stumbling around or whatever. And she's like, look, Frank, it's a toaster. And she smacks him. And this is when he falls back, back into, into present day. Actual present day without her. Right. So we find... He falls into like a sewer grate, like under the streets of New York. And he sees one of the homeless men from earlier is frozen to death under there. And when he was leaving the homeless shelter after his like kind of encounter with Claire. Yeah. He asks him for a couple bucks and he's like, sorry, I don't have any, but there's a sucker inside if you need one or something. And then he sees him later. And he's frozen to death. And he's like, why didn't you go back inside? Why didn't you go with Claire? She would have, you would have been warm. She would have taken care of you. And this is paralleling. This is, he's telling himself this, mm -hmm. basically. Like, why are you not with Claire, basically? Yeah. So he breaks back onto the set because he finds a door and he breaks through and he's back on the set of the live showing of A Christmas Carol or the rehearsals still i guess yeah and then bryce is that his name jesus christ where am where's my head right now his name's bryce <laughs> bryce is like you need to go back up to your office like i'm gonna take care of this right now while you're clearly in a state of distress and so they put him in an elevator and the elevator door opens and it's the ghost of christmas future mm -hmm. but the one for the show and frank starts freaking out yeah it's like a <laughs> it looks like a grim reaper yeah and what I noticed was like when Bill Murray like freaks out, he actually hits 
Grace in the face. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> and I don't know if he was meant to, but in every scene, she's like, oh, like holding her face and stuff. He pushes her off the elevator, too. He goes, go watch the show, Grace. Go watch the show. Like, yeah. he doesn't want her to get on Yeah, the because elevator. he freaks out. And then they're like, this is, the, this is the ghost of... He's in the show. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, oh, he's good. He's, he's going to be a big star. <laughs> <laughs> and then he closes the, the elevator door closes. He goes back up to his office. And this is where he gets, this is where Elliot comes back. Yep. And he has a gun. And he has a gun. And he chases him around the office and while telling him what happened to him as he, when he, because he fired him and he tells him my wife took the kid and left. Mm-hmm. And he starts just telling him about a shitty day. And Frank's like, I can uh, guarantee you I've had a worse day than you. And he's yeah. like, are you sure? And he's trying to kill him, essentially. But right. then right as he's about to shoot him, the elevator door opens and he falls in the elevator. And there's another Grim Reaper in and there. And he thinks it's and the actor. Like, yeah, and he's he... like, back up. Other people might be into this, but I'm not. It's like, that might work on the ladies, but not with me. Yeah, and he's all, and it actually ends up being the ghost of Christmas future. Yeah, so he hears, like, grumbling in his stomach, and he opens up his robe, and he sees there's, like, all of these, like, tortured souls in his ribs. (laughs) And he's like, did our people do that? (laughs) Probably going to get some complaints. And so he gets taken to the future, and... The elevator door opens and he's in a insane asylum Mm -hmm. where he finds out that Grace's son never Never spoke again. Never spoke again. Catatonic. Yeah. And then he's and And Grace is like visiting him and she's told, you know, she has to leave. It's time to go. And she's right. Obviously really distressed. And then it shows these rich women Mm -hmm. at a I don't know, just sitting together. And yeah, they're and, like sitting in a garden eating brunch And there are these kids running around and one of the women speaks up and goes, get those beasts away. Like, get those kids away. They're just right. like terrible kids. And the women around her are like, Claire, and it's Claire. And she just looks completely, I didn't even recognize her. But yeah. it's like, Claire, they're just children. And she goes, no, they're not. And she's like, someone it's once. Like, I wasted so much of my life trying to help people like that. He's like, but somebody once told me Scrape them off, Claire. If you're going to save somebody, save yourself. And yep. we learn that Claire becomes a terrible person. Becomes a terrible person. She lost all of her empathy and willingness to try to save humanity. And it's not like she's with Frank in the future. Mm-mm. So, because <laughs> then the next scene that we cut to is a funeral, and, and we his. see we see Wendy, Frank's brother James's wife, is at the funeral, and he's like, "Oh no, James died." And then James walks up, and he's like, "Oh." wait, who's in the coffin? And it's him. And it's him. And he realizes that only his brother came to his funeral. He's the only person. Yeah. And then as he started, they're putting his coffin into the fire. Yeah. They're going to cremate him. And he's like trying to grab the coffin to like pull it out. And then somehow he ends up inside of the coffin himself. Mm -hmm. And he's screaming like, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. And Mm -hmm. he's freaking out. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And then he breaks out and he's, coming out of the elevator mm-hmm. and so he's back in present day and he's got like a drastically changed personality he goes to interrupt the broadcast of the show well he starts like freaking out and he rehires elliot oh yeah he rehires elliot and then he asks elliot for his help mm-hmm. they partner up and then when he goes to he goes to interrupt the live broadcast and elliot goes into the production room where they would essentially cut to a commercial or something mm-hmm. and he 
holds the gun up and just tells them they need to stay right on Frank and not do anything. Right. So Frank interrupts the actual Show. live broadcast. So he's on live TV now. And he's essentially a changed man at this point where he is talking about how like who would make who would do like a live production on Christmas Eve and one of the cameramans is like only you Frank and he's like you're right last week I would have thrown you out of the building but you're right yeah and he just gives this beautiful speech about how Christmas is about you know he's realized that Christmas is more than just money and Mm -hmm. working and all those things and he gives this just heartfelt speech and he's crying and then Grace's son is there and earlier in the movie actually he finds Grace's son and he like shakes him because he thinks like he doesn't know what Grace's son is doing there and she's like that's my kid and he goes well what is he doing here and she's like I just thought it would be fun for him to watch the production and she gets like really pissed at him because he's like sitting there shaking him like trying to get him to talk right so that kid walks up to Frank and he goes did I miss anything little man and he's like god bless us everyone and everyone's shocked yeah because you spoke and so he like picks him up and then grace comes up and she's crying and yeah he's basically talking about like he's got a new appreciation for life he realizes that like the people in his life are more important than his job and like the material things but like we were talking about in our last episode that's kind of like the point of Christmas movies is that like somebody doesn't know what the meaning of Christmas is and, and then, then they've they got to learn. The yeah. hard way. So Claire comes down to the set and they reunite and they make out. Frank apologizes <laughs> to everybody and it makes it seem like he's going to be a, a new man. Mm-hmm. And then from like up in the corner, the ghosts are like watching him yeah so there's like a whole scene at the end during the credits where frank leads the leads everybody in a singing of put a little love in your heart Mm -hmm. and i always like this part because he's always like all right all right just the just the ladies in the audience or whatever and then it fades out and it's just the women and then it's like all right all right now the men now just the people in the back and stuff yes it's it's cute yeah and that's that's the movie that's the movie it was really good. It was enjoyable. It's very funny. David was very excited to see what I thought of it. And I actually yeah. really liked it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was really annoying at first until yeah. I realized why Bill Murray was being so unlike himself. Because I freaking love Ghostbusters. And oh, I think every time I talk about Bill Murray, I always think of Zombieland. <laughs> when he gets shot. When he gets shot. And Emma Stone's like laughing because she's like, he just gets me. <laughs> <laughs> and the name of the women was the Screwjets. Yeah, like, they had another. They were the Solid Gold Dancers. Yeah, that's like it. That. Because they, they had like an actual TV show. Yeah. The TV show was actually canceled before this movie aired. Yeah. So so it's funny because Danny Elfman actually made the score for this film as well. Danny Elfman was just everywhere. Yeah. But. Charles Dickinson's 1843 novella, A Christmas Carol, is only referred to under the title of Scrooge in this movie, but in the closing credits, it is named under its main and original title of A Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. which is true. They say, I don't even know how many times the word Scrooge is said. I feel A like, lot. He, yeah. This was Bill Murray's first starring role since Ghostbusters in 1984. He'd actually been living in Paris and had seriously considered giving up acting altogether. Really? Can you imagine, yeah. He looked goofy in this movie, though. 
<laughs> they kind of made him look girly. I think they did his eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why do his eyebrows look so nice? <laughs> and then when she's like, Claire sees him and she goes, your hair is shorter. It makes you look older. And I'm like, and then they show the uh, flashback. And I'm like, his hair wasn't that much longer. No, like, he it kept wasn't. it long still. I think you had a couple more fun facts, right? Yeah. What so, are they? <laughs> the silent character of Calvin, Grace's son, was actually named after President Calvin Coolidge, who is known as a man of few words. Oh, cool. Because their last name is Cooley. So he's Calvin Cooley. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then the street musicians that Frank, like, heckles basically where he's <laughs> he's like what are you ripping off so and so was actually a group of really accomplished musicians so the leader was Paul Schaefer who's probably best known as the musical director band leader and sidekick of David Letterman on both of his shows oh cool the like, bald guy the other musicians were Miles Davis <laughs> who's like probably one of the most influential musicians in jazz yeah like he's super well known David Sanborn, who's not somebody I knew, but he was a jazz musician. And then Larry Carlton, who is a guitarist for Steely Dan and Joni Mitchell. So they were all very accomplished musicians. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then my last fun fact was that the movie critic Roger Ebert said that this was the worst film adaptation of A Christmas Carol he'd ever seen. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be my favorite adaptation of A Christmas Carol, but yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's got a little, like, I've got rose-tinted glasses on for this one. That's yeah, nostalgic for you. Right. I was raised with this movie. Like I said, it's one of my dad's favorite Christmas movies. My, probably the two Christmas movies that we watch every single year at my house are this and A Christmas Story. Oh, fudge. Which are both just, like, very kind of, it's a very, it's like a different kind of comedy yeah well actually you want to know something funny so different <laughs> well from the grinch from the episode on the grinch i read mm -hmm. a fun fact that was like when the grinch is stewing on the mountain there's a like something off to the side mimics the leg lamp from oh a christmas yeah, yeah, story. yeah yeah so i think these films play off of each other and a christmas carol is a timeless story about right a man whose heart is changed by the spirit of Christmas. And mm -hmm. so I think it's worth adapting in different ways. Yeah. And, and just learning to appreciate. I had never heard of this film. I didn't even know what it was about. So it was kind of cool to see a different adaptation than the traditional ones. Cause I think a Christmas Carol was also remade where Jim Carrey, it was a, it was a CGI. Mm -hmm, yeah. And Jim Carrey played Scrooge. It was around the time of like, polar express and stuff where yeah. that like oh i love polar express i don't think i've ever seen it oh my gosh that's gonna have to be on the list next year all right yeah we have to wait a whole year thank god i'm just <laughs> kidding <laughs> god bless us everyone <laughs> yeah so that's the movie i like it i, I think like it's it. really funny i don't think we rated the grinch we didn't but we'll rate this one i give this one a solid seven yeah i'd say like an eight for me yeah do we want to retroactively rate the grinch since we forgot yeah i mean the grinch on an entertainment level for me is like a nine i love yeah. it i'd say probably like a seven or an eight for it yeah i just was not in the mood for it when we watched it davis explained on the last episode why he 
Christmas puts him in a funk mood. Yeah. And I'm just kind of in a mood this week anyway. So that on top of Christmas is just, I was not in a place to watch Christmas, Christmas movies. movies. He's not in a place where he wants to be but Holly Jolly. I have a dedication to this podcast. So you're welcome. Yeah. We really powered. We got our it. Spotify wrapped <laughs> on our thing, and it was like you have 14 listeners. And I thought that was more. That was more than I expected. I thought yeah. it was going to be like. Well, we have more than 14 listeners. We had 14 listeners who this was their top podcast of the year. Yeah, which was shocking to me. Honestly. And we had four listeners who have listened to all our episodes. Yeah, it's probably all our family, but no, probably. But that's okay. Either way. All right. Well, Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas. everybody yeah, or Happy, happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Ramahana Kwanzaa. Yep. Chris Mahana Kwanzaa to you. Yeah. And Merry Chrysler. It's Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just before we forget, next episode in the new year. Oh, yes. It's going to be Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Da, 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 da. Also, we are probably going to shift things around when we get through our wheel of movies. Yeah. Uh, we may switch into some seasons. Yeah, we're toying with the idea, trying to see if we can have like a little bit more of a cohesive theme rather than jumping from like random, random movie to, to random, random movie. Yeah. So I think we're going to, we're really going to polish it up. Yeah. And if we can do the seasons, then we might actually take like a couple weeks off or like a week. Well, no, a week off wouldn't really do anything since we're already doing every other week. But we might take like a little time off between the seasons just so we don't get burnt out. So like we said, our next episode is going to be Mortal Kombat. If you have In the any, new year. Right. If you have any new suggestions or comments or anything, don't forget you can email us at boxofficebrunchpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, boxofficebrunch. And we will see you in 2022. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Chrysler. Happy Christmas. Welcome, Christmas. Bring your cheer. Where's the milk and cookies? <laughs>